I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Hello, everyone. You're listening to This Week at VA. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. This is episode 25. Nice little benchmark episode for us. I really appreciate everybody uh, helping the, the podcast grow. It's, uh, it's been a fun program to do, and uh, it's almost hard to believe that we're already 25 epi- episodes into it. It seemed like everybody enjoyed the interview I did with Bill Rauch. got a great uh, amount of feedback on that, a lot of positive responses. And, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to it, I think uh, it, it's possibly the best conversation that we've had uh, here on the podcast, just in its balance of fun, seriousness, and, uh, and being informative. Uh, and, and Bill was a lot of fun. I'm really grateful you took the time to do that. Um, as I'm sure most of you know, yesterday marked the 100th anniversary of the United States entry uh, into World War I, April 6th. I was fortunate enough to uh, to visit the National World War One Museum and Memorial in Kansas City when they were having a commemoration there, uh, and I took a handful of, of photos of photos that we featured on our Facebook account uh, as well as Instagram. You can check those out uh, at DEPT Vet Affairs on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Veterans Affairs. It was it was an honor to uh, to be able to attend that event. Today's interview is going to be uh, slightly different. Normally, I go through a handful of routine questions with a veteran uh, about their service, why they joined, why they got out, um, their experience when they got out, and then we dive a little bit deeper into who they are um, as a professional, as a personal, uh, you know, or their personal life. But uh, this today's interview is actually going to f- be audio that I pulled from a video interview that I did uh, with a couple veterans uh, in Kansas City that actually work for the Veterans Community Project out there. It's a really cool organization. Their claim to fame in this area, the reason why they get so much support is they are building a tiny house community, Kansas City, for homeless veterans. They're, they're attacking veteran homelessness um, by providing a lot of trying to provide a lot of resources for home for homeless veterans, but mainly this uh, this tiny house, what they're calling Veterans Village. Uh, it's a plot of land, bunch of uh, tiny houses. I got to see one of them, and it's amazing. It takes it costs them fifteen thousand dollars to uh, to build one of the, these, and it and it houses a veteran while they transition into homelessness. It's uh, it's really cool, and um, we will have a short video and blog post uh, on there initiative next week sometime, but I wanted to share these interviews in their entirety because uh, they share a lot of great insight and, and share uh, sort of their inspirations behind everything, and I wanted to be able to share that. So uh, so I spoke with Kevin Jamison, who's the Chief Operations Officer, uh, and Brian Meyer, the Chief Legal Officer. You'll hear them in that order uh, about their efforts to, to attack veteran homelessness in the Kansas City area. Kevin's the one, if you saw the podcast graphic, he's the favorite uh on that when i um and then I, I still got a few minutes with Brian as well, so I wanted to feature that as well. So uh, I've recorded, I've re-recorded my questions uh, for them uh, for the sake of, uh, of clarity and, and enunciation. So uh, I hope you enjoy. 
I'm Kevin Jameson. I'm a 20-year Marine Corps veteran, and I'm the Chief Operations Officer and co-founder of Veterans Community Project, the organization building tiny homes for homeless veterans. So tell me, what exactly is the mission of the Veterans Community Project? Well, the, the mission of Veterans Community Project is very simple. We're on a mission to end homelessness in Kansas City, and we're on a mission to serve veterans uh, and never say no to a veteran is one of our pillars of service. Um, never say no to a veteran in need. We were tired of working with veterans in different organizations that were seem to find look for reasons to say no instead of ways that they could help the veteran. And there were things like grant restrictions, uh, budget restrictions that were keeping organizations from helping veterans the way that they needed to be helped. You know, they, there needed to be more latitude with uh, some of the spending that, you know, we understand why the rules and limits were there. But the fact is, is common sense would dictate if, you know, I can pay $400 for somebody's back rent why can't I pay that $15 service fee? We actually had a veteran that was going to be homeless over a $13 uh, service fee that wasn't going to be paid by any organization. So tell us a little bit about the Veterans Village, the tiny home community. So we're going to build a village of 50 tiny houses in Kansas City. And the concept is to take veterans from the streets and put them right in the tiny home. If they're presenting with a mental health or addiction crisis, they get stabilized first. But the goal is to put them in the home and then assess what is causing their homelessness? What are the symptoms and causes of homelessness? So our assessment period is not going to be an hour or two like most programs are during their intakes. Our assessment period is going to be about two weeks. And we're going to observe how they're living. And, and we're not going to try to be, a, you know, try to intrude into their lives too much. But we'll, during that time frame, we'll also be doing all sorts of uh, psychological assessments and things like that to determine what truly are the veteran needs that they're presenting and getting to know the veteran. We want to um, form uh, what would probably be considered inappropriate social bonds uh, w between a client and a person serving them. We don't want them to be called a client and a person serving. We want them to be called family. We will not use the term client. They're a veteran, and they're going to be called Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, and that's our goal. Um, as we work through their issues relating to their homelessness, we're talking legal, mental health, social, um, physical, anything related to their homelessness we're going to attack. And then what we're going to do is we're not attacking ourselves. We're just providing a space for the community to come and give back to the veterans. So instead of hiring a bunch of psychotherapists, I invite therapists to volunteer their time, volunteer an hour a week, and all I need, we have a motto when we're going out doing this, is we can't find one person to serve all 50, we'll find 50 to serve one person. And uh, we're, you know, we're gonna limit to, to about 50 veterans in the village unless we have a dual veteran family. We're gonna have five family units that are gonna be ADA accessible that are 300 square foot. Um, and the tiny house, what it does is it allows us to take them from the streets where they're controlling their environment and then putting them back in a place that's safe, that they can control their environment that they're socializing in and make them feel secure. The problem that you know we saw was I would take veterans from the streets and put them in a homeless shelter while they were transitioning toward a home and they wouldn't last very long in the homeless shelters because of all the issues in the homeless shelters. You could have six guys to a room. You have guys with unchecked mental health issues sometimes, some guys, you know, unchecked addiction issues. And it's overall, some shelters are good, some aren't. And 
you know, for a lot of veterans when they're used to being free and then you put them in a shelter where they feel like they're almost in an institution and sometimes they're treated like children or criminals, it's, uh, it's kind of hard for them. And I can understand why. And my, my thought process as I was going through and working was, if I was homeless, would I stay here? And my answer was no. If I was homeless, would I do this? No. And so when I, when I deal with my clients and I work with veterans, um, my whole thought process is I'm not sending them anywhere I wouldn't go for help. And I'm not, and that, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to give them a place we would stay in. And I personally think that's what it would take to get some of these guys that have been on the streets for over 20 years to get them off the streets. And we're actually having that success. We've got several veterans. We're out on the streets talking to them that are very interested and have already expressed their, their want to come in off the streets. And one of the home, top homeless vets in the city who's been on the streets since the mid-90s, he wants to come and live with us. He wants to build houses. He's already built, he built the house that we're doing the interview in right now. So we've got homeless veterans that come and volunteer. We have an open dialogue with them. They're not homeless vets to us. Those are our brothers and sisters. And to us, they're being left behind and we're, we don't want to leave them behind. Why do you believe this project is so important to your city and your community? I think this project's important to the city of Kansas City because of, quite simply, this is our community. And these are our brothers and sisters suffering in our community. And for us, the importance is we're going to get them off the streets. We're going to get the ones that are out there that have been asking for help or that have felt that nobody cared. This is the extent that cares. We are privately funded. We are funded through various organizations, businesses, um, veteran organizations donate money to us. And we've got 10 houses on our property and we're going to build 50. And that's a signal to the veterans. People care about you. We want you to come back home. We want you to be a part of society. And, you know, we love you. And that's the, that's the thing we want them to understand is we love them. How does this project resonate with you? <laughs> this project of mission resonates me quite simply because when I started working with homeless veterans, I was on the streets and I was seeing veterans suffering. I, I held veterans that laid down on the streets and were crying on the sidewalk to give up, you know, that were wanting to end it. They were just like, I can't take this anymore. I saw veterans suffering, living on their own. I worked with an Afghanistan veteran who I could never get to come in and had, P had probably the worst case of PTSD I ever saw. And I could never get him to come in off the streets because I couldn't get him to get it, sit with me to get his paperwork. When if I could have just handed him a key who knows what I could have done with that kid. And then he just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's reaching out to these veterans and making a difference in their lives and not just a little difference, not just a temporary difference, not just a home, but a fundamental change in their life and concept and thinking. And my thing that I've learned while working with the homeless or working with people that have lived on the streets, almost all of them when they recover, they wanna give back. and. So what I want to do is I want to change their lives and then help them change other lives. And I want to start something that's bigger than me. I want to start something that is important. But I think the thing about it was the reason why it resonated the most was quite simply, you know, losing friends, uh, fellow Marines in combat, and then coming home and starting to lose them on the streets. That didn't sit well with me, and especially in my hometown. And the thing about it was, 
you, you see a problem and you always think, you know, somebody should do something. Well, we got, I guess for lack of a better term, we got pissed off enough that we did something. And that's what it took. It took us watching enough people suffer and saying no to too many veterans. To We wanted to change the way that they were looked at. We want to change the way they're served. We want to change the way that they're thought about. And most importantly, we want to change their lives. Tell me about uh, where you're getting a lot of your resources and support. So a lot of the hard work of this has been um, what, what I call a grassroots effort, for lack of a better term. It's galvanizing the community around a, a problem. And it starts with awareness. One, spreading awareness of the problem. I don't stand in front of organizations and tell my story. I tell their story. I tell the story of the veterans that I worked with that I couldn't help and why we started this. And what that led was to community involvement. So I don't ever stand, we don't stand in front of an organization and ask for money. That's just not what we do. We, we present who we are, we present the problem, and then we present ways to get involved. We're a nonprofit, so of course we try to raise money, but the thing about it is we have businesses that donate services to us. We have businesses that donate wood. We have businesses that donate electrical, donate plumbing services. We have unions that donate labor. We have, we have kids donating art to the building. We have uh, home at classes. They're creating cookbooks that not only list the recipes, nutritional value, how to cook with pictures, but they're also creating ways like they're showing how to store the food, which is something a lot of homeless haven't had to do in a long time. So it may be a skill that it's saturated. But um, the city council rallied around us. They helped us push our plans through. They guided us through. I and mean, we bought the land for $500. They had an $80,000 offer on the land or so, $40,000 on it, something like that. And they gave it to us for $500. I mean, just to have people stand up and believe in you and support you. And when I have donors that come up to me and say, I'm proud of what you guys are doing, that's the most important thing. I, I need to be doing right by them because they're the community. They're the people that are supporting us. Um, the other thing, I think the coolest thing is the homeless vets rallying around us too. They're coming out and volunteering, they come out and uh, support us because um, they know who we are and they know what we're trying to do. Um, it just uh, the Girl Scout troops and Boy Scout troops and the, the schools that have fundraisers for us, the, the ladies that come out, the, you know, the little old ladies that come out and visit and, and leave a $50 check, that's humbling. I mean, that's just, that's the power of what we're doing. But the, you know, when we set out, we set out to bring the community together to attack the, the problem of homelessness among veterans. and we're doing that and we're kind of trying to kind of be a beacon to show others the way this you can do this in your community if we can do it anybody can do it because kansas city is a very diverse city it's got a very you know it's a very you know it's it's got a lot of different people it's got a lot of different political affiliations and you know what we're common ground for them and we bring people together. That's funny, I could have somebody in an Obama shirt right next to somebody in a, a Trump shirt working side by side because they care about homeless veterans. And I think homelessness is a political issue. It's a, it, it, politics doesn't matter with homelessness and you know, neither does religion because it, it doesn't discriminate. Homelessness doesn't discriminate. And I think it's great that all these groups and all the schools, churches, they, the Rotary Clubs, Lion Clubs, VFWs, Legions, the DAV, they've all stepped up to help us. And it's been amazing. And it's just, uh, it's just through standing in front of them every night and bringing the house out to them 
and when they have fundraisers, we show up, and uh, it's, it's, it's truly awesome. So when do you start housing veterans, and what exactly will the veterans be receiving? So we'll start housing veterans, we're predicting sometime in early to late fall. Um, we crack ground for to put our sewers and utilities and things like that in. Uh, we bought the land, we didn't know it had, did not have those. Um, but those start going in May 1st, which should be done in July sometime frame. Then we're gonna move the houses over and we should be ready to start housing veterans in August, September timeframe. Um, and what that's gonna look like is, you know, the, the services that come online, when the veteran comes in the home, everything in that home is theirs immediately. So they're gonna get the fridge, they're gonna get the stove, they're gonna have clothes there for their size because we'll have already known the veteran that's gonna go in the home. They're gonna have pots, pans, dishes, food stocked in the refrigerator, towels, everything they would need to live is going to be in there. And we're just gonna put them in there and say, live. And we're gonna watch them closely and assess, you know, things that are coming in the wall. The houses, we can build them for under $15,000. So a veteran kicks a hole in the wall, I don't care about the hole in the wall. I can fix that. What I care about is what caused that behavior? What was behind that? Let's get to the heart of the problem because that hole in the wall is what's gonna make that guy homeless again or girl. And, and that's the issues that we need to address with them. And so we start with the home, we give them everything. They're gonna have access to medical, dental. They're going to be uh, giving chores within the community. They're gonna have therapeutic gardens. There's going to be groups like War Horses for Vets that does equine therapy, Warriors Ascent, which does climbing therapy. And I'm saying these for lack of a better term. Uh, healing waters, which is that's fly fishing, where they make their own rods, make their own lures, and go, you know, fishing. And then we've got therapeutic gardens that are going to be on the property, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to have uh, PTSD yoga classes, um, cooking classes, sewing classes. Apparently, there's a, a bunch of quilting ladies that want to come and do quilts here, and then they've got the access to legal services. They've got the access to um, transportation because we've got um, bus passes, uh, veterans can ride the buses for free in Kansas City now. And beyond that, as they work and they transition and they, they, we start resolving their problems and they make progress toward moving out, everything in that house, I said it was theirs when they move in, they can take it with them when they move out. They need a fridge in their new place, they can take it with them. They need a stove, they can take it with them. But the coolest thing is, is if they've got a job and we've changed that, and they need transportation, we're partnering with an organization called Cars for Heroes, and they're going to provide a car for the veteran when they move out so they can stay on their feet and keep going. We're partnering with Habitat for Humanity and a couple other organizations to rebuild and remodel homes so that we can move them into a permanent housing solution. We're not moving them into slum apartments. We're gonna move these guys into homes that restore their dignity, homes that maintain their dignity and we're going to move them into the, there and we're gonna have them set up to where they're budgeted and they're able to take care of it on their own. And that, that is what I call the transition, the successful transition. And then we're never gonna leave the veteran. He's gonna be welcomed back into the village anytime he wants, he or she. I say he a lot, I apologize. Um, but the veteran can come back to the village anytime they want and they can be a part of us. Anything we do, they're invited to uh, we want them to come back and mentor people. And I think that's the key is providing that social support beyond when they just stay with us. We don't want them ever to feel excluded. We want them to feel a part of what we're actually creating, which is a family. Finally, 
tell me tell me about the your capabilities in building these homes, like how you can do that year round. So we opened a veteran outreach center um, last week. We worked for we bought the building on February. Well, actually, we pretty much March 1st. We opened it on March 30th. We totally renovated and gutted the insides ourselves. We worked probably over 100 hour weeks for about three weeks straight. Um, and we did that to save money, but we knew nobody would move as fast as us. And then the thing that that building allowed us to do is open our doors to start serving veterans immediately. But the cool thing is, is we're starting a business that's building tiny houses, greenhouses and sheds uh, from the ground up and for profit. And we've already got one home on order. And it, the building that we bought used to be an auto parts store, CarQuest. And it had a garage attached to it that used to service the city buses. So one of the garage doors is 16 feet high. So now we can construct tiny houses inside out of the elements year round. And we're going to need that because when we get the first 10 done, that will be sometime around October 1st, we're going to start building again. We're going to want to build through the winter because Kansas City's winter this year was kind of mild. And we had several, even in the month of December, we had several um, 80, 90 degree days. Um, we broke a record this year for how to stay that we could have been out there putting more houses down and working. So what we want to do is assemble the pieces of the houses here and then take them out onto the pad and then assemble the entire home. And uh, so we can build year round. And then there's a possibility that we may be going into business building tiny furniture. I say tiny furniture, furniture for tiny homes um, for profit as well. And we'll be employing the hardest to employ homeless vets because we'll be able to take time and work with them and give them repetitive tasks that should be pretty simple and easy to manage. My name is Brian Meyer. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I'm the chief legal officer and co-founder at Veterans Community Project. Why, why were you inspired to be a part of this project? One, because to me it's very innovative. It's, it's a new approach to an old issue and a continuing issue but more so than anything is just how it came about. It Just this idea that a group of vets, myself included, saw other veterans out there hurting and decided to not wait for somebody else to do anything about it and to take care of that ourselves in the best way that we could. I'd, I'd say that's, that's the most inspiring thing. Uh, well, that's what got me inspired. What continues to inspire me is the reaction from the community. I say it all the time, we're just a conduit for other people to give back to veterans. You know, we work hard and we work a lot, but the community does the heavy lifting. How has your military experience uh, played into your work here? Every single day here, and we got a good mix of guys. We all know that we're going to get the job done. And sometimes, you know, we all have different skill sets and we're lucky in that. You know, I, I refer to Chris as kind of the hammer. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna punch through the wall. I might wanna try to take apart the wall. Uh, Kevin's the type of guy who will, who will lovingly climb over it sneakily, but we all work together to get the job done and it's always about the mission and getting there and doing what we have to do to reach our goals. And there's no, we don't compromise on it. We do whatever it takes and that's meant 20 hour days and seven days a week to get to this point sometimes, but we do it. How does this mission fulfill you? That was really an unintended consequence. It fulfills me one from the side of just working with other military guys again. I think I forgot how much I missed that. Yeah, I spent eight years in college 
around academics and I get to get back with these guys and it just kind of reignited a fire in me that I think I'd forgot about a little bit. So it's personally satisfying in that way. Uh, it's professionally satisfying in the way that, you know, we're doing something kind of creative here and more so than anything, the veterans we serve, you know, there's nothing more satisfying than that. Helping out a, a fellow, you know, brother, sister in arms, that's, it's great, you know, come walking through the door and we're able to help them. Uh, it's, man, I can't. So it's mission focused. A hundred percent mission focused. We are a hundred percent committed to keeping the veterans needs first. Not our programmatic needs, not any structural needs, not any numbers needs. It's about are we assisting the veteran in the way that they deserve to be assisted? Are we helping them in a way that we would want ourselves helped? And we take it very personally with every single one of them. Tell me a little bit more about the, the response you're getting from your community. Response from the community has been overwhelming. I mean, absolutely overwhelming. I don't think that we anticipated what that response would be like. We are just inundated with people wanting to volunteer, assist. When you think about it, how many ways are there for the community at large to really give back to veterans? You know, the DAV, the VFW, but what we try to do is we try to say, look, if you have a skill set, if you have something you want to do and you want to bring that to a veteran, let us be that conduit. You want to come in and teach a cooking class? We got some guys that need it. You want to come in and teach financial management? We got guys that need that too. Let us facilitate that for you. And we almost can't keep up with. And in the end, I suppose there's, there's hope that these veterans will, will pay it forward. We hope so. I, I believe it. You know, we have guys that we're going to move into our village that are currently, I mean, these are currently street homeless guys coming out and working with us to build houses and investing themselves in it. Uh, and it's, it's one of our tenets is, you know, even when we get guys into the village, community service giving back is going to be part of it. They're going to realize that those houses aren't there because of anything that, that we did necessarily. It was because the community came out in droves to support them. And it, there will be kind of that give back aspect. I don't think we're going to have to ask the guys to do that very hard. It'll come natural, I'm sure. Getting out of the military, I was missing this camaraderie. It's frustrating when you try and talk to people that don't understand. I would be talking, but I wasn't there with them. You just feel so alone. I still had the anger, I still had the addictions, but we didn't talk about that. Came to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to talk to somebody about this. Family more or less encouraged me, you know, go to the VA, you're a veteran, see what they can do to help you. When you have family, friends, when you have the facilities like the VA and the vet center, it gives me, it gives others encouragement to keep moving forward. It's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk to people. Because it takes true strength to ask for help. Talking with, with other veterans was the best method for learning the roadmap to success. Hear veterans' real stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Uh, as always, we want to remind everybody the, the resources uh, or, or how to... Uh, discover the resources that uh, VA offers uh, in support of uh, of homeless veterans. And if you have access to the internet, va.gov slash homeless is uh, sort of the main hub that can connect you to um, all of the 
uh, the initiatives and the resources and uh, the the outreach tools, et cetera, uh, that you can find uh, in support of VA's address of, of veteran homelessness. Uh, and of course, always want to spotlight the uh, the phone number one eight seven seven four two four three eight three eight. That's how you can access VA services for homeless and at risk veterans. It's uh, it's a very important phone number. It's one that I would hope ask that anybody who knows uh, a veteran that is at risk for homelessness uh, that you call that number uh, or provide that veteran with that number and and even stand there with them while they're making that phone call. Um, so to ensure that they're getting the resources they need to uh, to avert uh, homelessness. Today's veteran of the day is Major Lewis. He came from a military family and decided to enlist in the Navy in 1990. Unfortunately, he was injured in a motorcycle accident after uh, 10 years of service in the military. Uh, but now he is involved in adaptive sports and uh, has recently been involved in our in our winter sports clinic. So. We want to thank Major for his service, and, and we're excited that, uh, that he's getting involved in adaptive sports, and uh, it celebrates that part of his life. To read his full write-up and to learn how to nominate your own Veteran of the Day, visit belongs.va.gov. That's it for the Milestone Episode 25. I hope you enjoyed the unorthodox format for today's interview and got as much out of it as I did when I conducted the interview. If you have any questions you'd like to have addressed on the show, please tweet them to us using hashtag VA podcast or email us newmedia at va.gov. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash veterans affairs for more from our community. And if you'd like to get in touch with the guys at the Veteran Community Project, if you just Google Veterans Community Project or Veterans Village, Kansas City, uh, you'll find their website. It's also linked in the blog post for this podcast. I'm Timothy Lawson. Signing off.